Hello, Ms. Kapow. Hello, Brother Kapow, and hello, listeners. Should I tell the joke again that you're um, social oh, distance from being a man well, cave, or should we just drop that one? If you want, you can. I'm going to drop it. Okay, I think, good. <laughs> I think people have been laughing for weeks now about that. Yeah. Hey, what's exciting today is Revelation 6. 6, yeah. 6. Revelation 6. Here's why. Can well, I say first, it's Sunday, May 17th, yes. 2020. Thank you. Go on. Revelation 6. <laughs> the Lamb is worthy to take the scroll, right? We learned that last week. Right. Lamb is worthy to take the scroll. Amen. And he begins to break the seals of the scroll. We learned last week that the scroll is God's plan from the beginning of history, or our history, way back, to the consummation of the age. Mm-hmm. Everything's in there. Actually, it, was, it began before the world began. It did. Because he's time. always has been, always is, always will be. Right. Amen? Amen. So in chapter 6, the Lamb, Jesus Christ, breaks six seals. The seventh seal is broken, chapter 7. So we're going to do that next week, Lord willing. Yes. So we're going to do seal 1 through 6. In this particular chapter, we have the four horses of the apocalypse. You always hear that, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to go over that. We have the four elders, the four winged creatures. Right. That every time a seal is broken, they say, come and see. <laughs> right? They shout that, and then you see what's happening. We're going to do the best to explain using ancient commentaries mm-hmm. what's going on here. We're not getting um, crazy and sexy with things and um, speculating. We're gonna we're gonna really stick to the Word of God as best as we know how. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And you're gonna see Christ, and you're gonna see God's mercy, and you're gonna see the coming, the portents of the coming judgment. Yeah. I would say the theme for today, Miss Capel, the theme for the day that I would stress for the people listening and watching on the mm-hmm. Kapow Cam is get ready now. Yeah. You can't wait any longer. The stuff's going down. Mm-hmm. Get ready now. Here's the deal. In chapter seven, you're gonna see the angels coming out and they're going to seal God's people. And you want Not to only the one seal. You want to know that you're the chosen and you want to be raptured and you want to get out before the shizzle hits the manizzle Mm -hmm. and it's going to hit. What you're seeing in today's headlines and around the world, there are precursors. It's setting it all up. It's coming. You can see it coming. We'll see today that these Early judgments, the four horses of the apocalypse that's been going on since the time of Christ's resurrection, and it will go on until the church is raptured and the age is consummated, mm-hmm. are precursors. They are they are God's mercy, actually. It's God's mercy to the to the humanity saying, please pay attention to these things and repent. It's exactly what the epistle of Paul uh, Paul Peter says. Yeah. 
please. Mercy of God. It's only the mercy of God, his long-suffering, is what how Peter said, his long-suffering, his patience. But when he steps on stage, that play's going to end, okay? So that's the theme for today. Yeah. Now, you have something last week you couldn't show. Yes, 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 yes. Because you had technical difficulties. Yes. And this week, you don't have technical difficulties. So, At least before we began the show, I, I, I had it. So I'm going to hand it over to you so you can share these things. Okay. One, one of the things she's going to share is the four, uh, the four gospels representing, or the four beasts, mm-hmm. I should say, the winged creatures representing the four gospels. Right. She's going to she's going to show you a little chart here, or a little diagram, Which or I a little thing. Interesting. So it's very interesting, and it will make sense hopefully as we get into the study. And then I also have that map that I wanted to show you from weeks ago. Let's do that. That's right. uh, so let me go here and get the map. Share. There we go. Oh my goodness, there it is. You Isn't did it, it. Nice. You technological wizard. <laughs> Anyways, this is it, this is a uh, a map of the seven churches and as you can tell, um, this one right here is the first church which is Ephesus, the one that left their first love. It's right here. Mm. And then the second church is Smyrna. Smyrna. says, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. And that is right here by Ephesus. Wow. Then they went to Pergamos, where it says, I have a few things against you. And then from Pergamos, they went to Thyatira, which says, hold fast what you have until I come. And then from Thyatira, they went to Sardis. And the message there is, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Mm. And then they go to Philadelphia. And it says, I have set before you an open door. Oh, look at this. It's got like red things. Uh, I'm doing that on my end. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because I'm doing my technological wizardry. Okay, you're amazing. Yeah. And then the, the last church is Laodicea, where it says you are neither cold nor hot, but wow. warm. But anyways, I just thought this map yeah. would be interesting. It's, it's the um, continent of Asia. Yeah. Right? And so these are the seven churches in Asia that... Um, we dealt with in uh, the letters that were dictated by Christ to the Apostle John in chapter uh, 2. John. Exactly. Very so, nice. Yes. Yeah. Okay, now I'm going to show you. Very impressive. Thank you. Uh, let's see. My mind is blown. It's blown. Huh? My mind. It's blown. You're blowing my mind. Oh, and this one. Here it is. <clears throat> we start with Matthew. All right. Who's on the east, which is Judah. And it represents the lion, who is the royalty of Christ, the king of righteousness, and he's the head of the wild beasts. And then we have Mark on the west side, which is Ephraim. Very good. Mm-hmm. The ox, it represents the ox, who's the labor- laborious endurance of Christ. And he's over the tamed animals. Mm-hmm. Then we have Luke, is on the south, and represents Reuben, represents the man, for brotherly sympathy 
and the man is head of all. <clears throat> Just like Reuben was the firstborn. Yeah. Right? South. Then there's John. The Gospel of John. Represents the north, which represents Dan. And the animal is an eagle, which is soaring majesty of the divine word, mm-hmm. contemplation of heavenly truth, and it is the head of the birds and the creatures of the water. So it's kind of like everything is spoken for. Yeah, so th- these are the four Gospels. Mm-hmm. You will see this in uh, Revelation chapter 6 today. You're going to see the four winged creatures representing the four Gospels of the east, west, south, and north. But you're going to see the lion. You're going to see the winged creature of the ox. You're going to see the winged creature that looks like a man. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see the winged creature that looks like an eagle. And what when they say come, when the seal is broken, uh, what they represent on that. Yeah, and I have a little note here that says the four living creatures represent the redeemed election church in relation mm-hmm. of ministering kings and priests to God, which that's what we are, and mm-hmm. ministers of blessing to the redeemed earth and the nations and the animal creation in which man stands at the head gate, the lion at the head of wild animals, the ox at the head of tamed animals, and the eagles at the head of birds and of the creatures of water. Wow. Right there has it all what they do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And like I said, if any of you are interested in any of these handouts, please let me know and I will be happy to share them with nice. you. Nice. Very nice, Miss Kapow. Thank you. Good job. Good job. And you are back. I am back. Uh, one thing I noticed is I was like touching my face a lot. <laughs> Can't touch your face. Can't touch your face. Well, <laughs> with this whole, in Nevada, we're still really kind of on, on Lockdown. weird strict rules because we have a Nazi for a, a governor, a communist governor who's in league with um, Adolf Newsom of California and um, Oregon and Washington and all these guys. But anyway, um, so he's, he's still really queer and weird, very strange man. And he has uh, everything still kind of locked down. But the, the, the things I've learned on this is, is that um, I like to eat. I like to go to restaurants. I, I like to work out at gyms and I like to touch my face. So <laughs> those are the big things I've learned over the last eight, nine weeks. Amen. Especially touching my face. Oh, you've always done that. But look at this. How can you not touch it? I know. And it's How? Soft. It's soft. I got little ladies coming up to me wanting to touch it. That's true. Yeah. Hey, don't touch your beard. Go <laughs> get away from me. You might have the 19. <laughs> Let's true, look at Revelations. But before I do that, I need to check my studio and make sure everything's working good. Everything looks beautiful, perfect. No one saw that I did this. I want to. I want to share something. Uh, and you can still see my face, right, Miss Kapow? Yes. It's a beautiful face. It's adorable. Okay, so I want to sh- I want to read something to you by C.S. Lewis before we start this study, as it relates to this study. Okay. Kiki. God will invade. But I wonder whether people who ask God to interfere openly and directly in our world quite realize what it'll be like when He does. Mm. Well, yeah, we've been reading about that. When that happens, Ms. Kapow, it is the end of the world. When the author walks on the, onto the stage, mm-hmm. the play is over. God is going to invade all right. But what is the good of saying, you are on his side then, 
when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream or something else, something that never entered into your head to conceive comes crashing in. Something so beautiful to some of us and so terrible to others that none of us will have any choice left. For this time, it will be God without disguise. Something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. Hmm. There is no use saying you choose to lie down when it becomes impossible to stand up. That will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we really have chosen. Mm-hmm. whether we realized it before or not. Now today, this moment is our chance to choose the right side. Mm-hmm. God is holding back to give us that chance. Right. It will not last forever. We must take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. All right? It reminds me of that the, the gospel, um, the truth that says that the gospel is either sweet to you because oh. it's your salvation, right? Mm-hmm. Or it's um, repulsive to you because of your damnation. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be either either or, folks. And I'm not just talking about the pagan Gentiles. I'm talking about cultural Christianity. I'm talking about worshiping Cheez-Its rather than Yeshua HaMashiach. Yes, right. Okay. One more quote from Matthew Henry, the great uh, theologian and scholar, commentary that many of us have. He says about Revelation 6, the sixth seal, he says, when the sixth seal was opened, there was a great earthquake. The foundations of churches and states would be terribly shaken. Let me read that to you again. Matthew Henry, a hundred years ago says, the foundations of churches. Hmm. Foundation of churches and states would be terribly shaken. Such bold figurative descriptions of great changes abound in the prophecies of Scripture. For these events are emblems and declare the end of the world and the day of judgment. Mm-hmm. When the sixth seal was open. Today, we are begging you, listening and watching, look inside, make sure that you're sealed and that you're going to be sealed before that great and terrible day. When that great and terrible day does come, it's like C.S. Lewis said, that's not the time to choose. Mm -hmm. You will know what you have chosen. Please, we're begging you to, to be serious. Quit chasing doctrines from demons. Mm-hmm. Quit playing around in religion. Get it together, okay? okay. Now, I'm going to share the screen, Ms. Kapow, and we're going to go from there, and we're going to start rocking and rolling. Okay. All right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... it's, it's it's amazing. All right, here we go. Bang. You got it? Yes, I see it. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. 
because you're a technological wizard. Now, this is a technical question, but okay. do I need to go to on mine, or can I just go ahead and, list, and look at yours? You can just look at mine. Okay, that's good. Um, unless you want to read... I only have one extra note on mine. Okay, well, you might want to do that. Um, because while I'm reading this or going over this, you can go to yours and do whatever you want. The, the, the audience can't see what you're doing on your screen. You know, okay. you can play, you can be playing Sudoku for, for all that matters. They can't see what you're doing. Okay. Well, I can because I have discernment. <laughs> okay. All right. Enough nonsense. As I watched, well, you know what? I'm going to mm-hmm. let you read this stuff. Or you want me to read it while you, you no, work on your deal? I'll, I'll read it. You want me to read the whole chapter? Let's do that. Okay. Then we'll break it down. And then you'll need to uh, move it around. Yes, ma'am. As I watched, the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, come. Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the living, or I heard the third living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings saying, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and the wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all uh, uh, who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this er world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake, and the sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth, like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. And the sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to survive? Heavy stuff. So uh, we're starting to deal with the, the judgments that are the precursors of the day of the Lord. Because once the day of the Lord happens, I mean, that's, 
It's over. It's, history's going to be done. Okay? Mm-hmm. So let's start here. As I watched, the land broke the first of the seven seals of the scroll. And what I want to say is that this is the division of seven, and we saw this with the letters that Christ dictated to John to the churches. And I, and I can't explain to you why, but I can explain to you this is the way it is. Seven, which is God's perfect number, is divided by uh, four plus three. So there's a four and then there's a three. So what you have here, like the letters that we, we went over in the second chapter of Revelation, there was four that were earthly, talking about earthly things, and three talking about heavenly things. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Here you have the four living creatures. They, they each one say, come. They cry out. It it's, marks the division of seven. Mm-hmm. So you have the first four living creatures, right? Like the four gospels you're talking about, mm-hmm. have something to do with this tangible earth. And then the other th- three, they're not living creatures. It's the martyrs and there's, you know, other things that are happening are happening in the heavenlies, in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And so that's how it's divided. I wish I didn't explain to you why it's like that, why God chose to do it that way, but it's like that. It's four plus three. Mm-hmm. Four plus three. And the, the lamb, I just want to go back to um, Revelation 5. 5 through 7, which says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Remember, because John was weeping because there was nobody in heaven, on earth, or under the earth that was worthy to open up the seals. But So he says, Weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. Mm. And so now we see that, and here we are in chapter 6 with the lamb, and he broke the first of the seven seals. First of the seven seals. Thank you. That's a good refresher to kind of go back and understand where we're at. Mm -hmm. So the first being, which represents, like you you said earlier in the chart, you said the first living being represents Matthew Mm -hmm. on the east. It's a lion. He's the first being, looks like a lion. And that's the royalty of Christ, king of righteousness. It's the head of the wild beasts, mm-hmm. right? So this is the first one saying this. Um, and he says, come. Sorry, folks, I got to make this bigger because else you wouldn't be able to read it. First human <laughs> creature was like a lion. The first uh, of these living beings was like a lion. The second was an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. It's, it's, the, it's the writing that Ms. Kapow showed you mm-hmm. before we got this. This can be found in Revelation 4-7. You see this? Mm-hmm. The first of the living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. Fourth like an eagle of flight. They each had six wings and they covered their eyes and they cried out day and night and they said, holy, holy, holy. All right? That's who we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Now, if the four living creatures represent the four gospels, the come will be their invitation to everyone for it is not written that they addressed John. 
to accept Christ's salvation while there is time as the opening of the seals marks a progressive step towards the end. And you compare that to Revelation 22, 17. Mm. Judgments are foretold as accompanying the preaching of the gospel as a witness to all nations. And Revelation uh, 14, 16 uh, 14, 6 oh, through 11. 11 says, And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hours of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Mm. And the third angel allowed them, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. And whosoever receiveth the mark of his name... See, and this is like what we're saying is these judgments that are about to happen with the unbreaking of the seals of God's plan, those those things are foretold as a consequential. They're accompanying with the preaching of the gospel as a witness to all nations. So that's why you're going to see the first rider is going to be Jesus on the white horse. He's conquering many, but not all, with the gospel. But as this is going on, you're seeing these judgments as precursors to the great day of God. God's being merciful here. The other thing I want to point out is Matthew uh, 24, 6 through 14. We're not going to read this right now. But um, this, this scroll, this, this chapter 6 here, you're going to see a parallel in Matthew 24 with... It, Exactly, with the judgments and the timing of the judgments, what they are, in and in, in Mark, what Jesus says, you're going to see that here in chapter six. Mm. Okay, and we'll get, we'll get into that a little later. Uh, and so th that's what it says. That's the invitation. Come here is aptly parallel to Matthew twenty four fourteen, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. Mm -hmm. So the opening of this first seal is we're going to see the white horse. We're going to see the gospel message going out before the end will come. It, it goes right with Matthew 24, 14. Make sense? Mm-hmm. You want to read this, Ms. Kapow? Sure. Open it up for me, darling. Uh, it's open on my screen. Oh, then I heard one of the four living beings say with a loud, with a voice like thunder, Come. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come. Okay, so we're going to stop at, at verse 2. Let me make sure I got all of, all of these notes here. Uh, bah, bah, bah. 
I'm on share screen. You might be you might be on yours. No, I'm on yours. You are okay. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure I go with the the opening of the first four seals, followed by judgments, preparatory to the day of the, of God, of his coming. At the fifth seal you'll see the martyrs. And um, at the sixth seal you'll see the Lord's coming is ushered in with terrors to the ungodly. It's what uh, R.C. Sproul says, cosmological perturbations. <laughs> yeah. Cosmological perturbations. At the seventh, you'll see the consummation is fully attained, and that'll be next week. You're gonna be raptured, and then you'll start seeing it. You'll see the, the once that seventh seal is, is uh, open, now you have the seven trumpets and the seven vials, and you have the wrath, okay? Mm -hmm. You're not appointed the wrath. Uh, but you will you will go through trials and tribulations here on earth, okay? Mm -hmm. That's just part of being a Christian. This whole prison plan is a tribulation. That's right. All right. So the seals are consequences of man's condition. An overview of conditions manifests since the birth of the church, which will continue into Christ's second coming. Okay. Mm -hmm. God is threatened as judgment on the faithless. These, these things, war, famine, plague, and natural disasters. You'll see that in Ezekiel also. So these aren't, these aren't fixed in time. Like, uh, we've always had wars and rumors of wars. We've always had pestilences and plagues. We've, all, we've always had famines. We've always had wild beasts and weird things happening. This is part of God's mercy. Mm -hmm. Showing people, hey, why don't you get it together while you can? Right. Okay. Before the real day comes, and we've always had that, and it's part. It's not fixed in time. It's part of. This is all happening as the gospel message goes out. Right. Okay. So the white horse is standing there. Its rider carried a bow. bow, bow excuse me. A crown is placed on his head, and he rides out to win many battles and to gain the victory. This is the gospel. Okay. And I, I, you know, I used to look at this and not really see Christ in it. I really didn't know who this, this writer was. And there are some people who still don't agree or really know, you know, what, what he is. But for me, because you're, you're, we're looking at the Gospels, the four, four Gospels, and what Christ says about it has to be preached into all the world, all the kingdoms, then the end will come. Mm -hmm. it's, it begins to make sense. So... That means to conquer, that is to gain a lasting victory. All four seals usher in judgment or judgments on the earth as the power which opposes the reign of himself and his church. This rather than the work of conversion and conviction, rather than salvation is what it's saying, is primarily meant. Um, though doubtless, secondarily, the elect will be gathered out through his word and his judgment. Mm -hmm. All right? So the gospel's going out. Win many battles and gain the victory. Yeah, the victory, it could be found in uh, Revelation 19, 11 through 12. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. 
And then in Psalms 45, verse 4 and 5, it says, In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility, and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Your arrows are sharp, piercing your enemies' hearts, and the nations fall beneath your feet. You can see that through the Old Testament, a Messianic psalm, or a psalm talking about God, as applies to Christ. Later on in Revelation 19, as you read, you see Christ himself on a white horse, mm -hmm. having many diadems, not just one crown, but many diadems, right? Waging a righteous war. Right. So it stands to reason that this white horse is Christ putting out the gospel message, winning many battles and gaining the victory. Remember, he's reigning until all his enemies are made subject unto him, mm -hmm. uh, his footstool. And then at the end, he's going to hand the kingdoms of the earth back to the Father. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. That's why, you know, I, I stress in the beginning, make sure you're going to be sealed. It's, now's not the time to screw around um, in, in um, crazyanity. Get, get true biblical Christianity, right? Mm -hmm. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come. And then that was a red horse, right, Ms. Capel? Yes, yes, it was. And this one was given mighty sword, the authority to take peace from the earth, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. This is one of the ways God makes judgment on man to get man's attention to look at God. That's right. And the color red is the color of blood. The color of the horse in each case answers to the mission of the rider. And then you compare it with uh, Matthew 10, 24 through 36, mm. where God, Jesus says, Think not, I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. And um, the patient ox is the emblem of the second living creature who, at the opening of this seal, saith, Come, and the saints amidst judgments on the earth in patience endure to the end. And see how that kind of makes sense now? Oh, in the beginning, when Ms. Kapow read you that paper, so Mark, the Gospel of Mark, would symbolize West, or Ephraim, mm -hmm. would symbolize the ox, laborious endurance of Christ, tamed animals. Um, just like this says, the patient ox is the emblem of the second creature. Saints have to endure unto the end. Yep. All right, and they'll, they'll be rewarded. We went over this in chapter 2, with the letters of, of Christ. That's right. To John. Uh, now, and did you it, want me to read Matthew 10? Sure. Okay, because let's see where it starts at 24 here. Sure. Uh, the disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Bella, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them, not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, that speak ye in the light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. 
Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever sh therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but the sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Wow. So, you have a slaughter everywhere. Mm -hmm. Peace taken from the earth. This is going along as well as the gospel message going out there. Then the lamb broke the third seal. And I heard the third living being say, come. And I looked up and I saw a black horse and its rider was holding a pair of scales. So the third one is going to be Luke. Represents the south or the tribe of Reuben. Mm -hmm. And the creature, the winged creature, has a face like a man. Mm -hmm. So you have some brotherly uh, sympathy going on. And, um, okay. And it's interesting because the black horse implies sadness and want. And a pair of balances, the symbol of scarcity of, oh, that's going to be... Um, no, that's right. But that's part of the black horse. Yeah. A pair balances the symbol of scarcity of provisions, the bread being doled out by weight, the sword, famine, noisome peace, beasts, and the pestilence are God's four judgments on the earth, and it's always like that. Yeah. A spiritual famine, too, may be included in the judgment. And, and I, I, think, I, I believe that's yes, true. Yes, I think that's very true. It's hard. It's, there's a famine on the word of God. That's, where, that's why the apostasy comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and the doctrine of demons is is so easily believed, and, and people are running after every weird thing. Um, you know, these these people are everywhere, especially especially with the technology we have today. Anybody can hang their hat up and say mm -hmm. they're a pastor. Mm -hmm. Anybody can say I'm a minister or a prophet or a prophet, and then anybody say oh, I'm teaching. And, and it's usually a mixture. You, you listen to some of the stuff they're saying, and you're going, oh, that's good, I, that's right on, and blah, blah, blah. But if you listen long enough, you'll find the mixture mm -hmm. of paganism. That's why it's you'll important it. that we always Berean what's being taught. Even what we teach you, you must Berean. Because yeah. the, um, in the Old Testament, there is a story about, um, you know, how they would listen and... Uh, and they would accept the preacher. Yeah. And then once they've accepted him because he said truth, their their guard is down and they just um, automatically accept everything he says. But then all of a sudden the uh, the, the the lies come in yeah. and you don't catch it. You don't catch it because you're looking at the person, the vessel, rather than the message. Right. You know, God's word doesn't return empty. Mm -mm. That's why uh, I, I, I've known people, I was one of them, uh, th that have sat under the leadership of a, um, a not-so-squared-away pastor or not-so-squared-away church. Uh, I had one friend that actually went to a cult, 
<laughs> a Christian cult. Um, and he got saved under there mm. because the word of God doesn't return void. Right. Once the Holy Spirit began to grow him and mature him, he began to see uh, what their belief wasn't right. And he, and he left the cult right. with the biblical Praise Christianity. The our, our good friends, uh, 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 Juan and Janie, better known as Phyllis, <laughs> um, came out of the... Jehovah. What's that? Jehovah's Witness. Mm -hmm. They came out of Jehovah's Witness. Now, now Janie was like born and raised in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, really heavy. And then her husband, Juan, uh, was into a very intelligent man. But it was his, his, his beginning to look at the scriptures himself to see, hey, this isn't right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So God's word doesn't return void. But uh, so we're talking about spiritual famine there. So that's, that is the, the famine, but you can see that the creature there is the man, face of man, and there's some sympathy there, mm -hmm. all right? So in the, in the, holding, in the holding back of, of, of destroying the oil and the wine. Right. And the, the being that said come, uh, in the case of this, this third seal, is said by the third of the four living creatures whose likeness is a man, indicative of sympathy and human compassion for the sufferers. God in it tempers judgment with mercy. Yes. And yeah, as you say that, you know, don't waste the oil and the wine. So in verse 6, he is saying there's a loaf of wheat, bread or three loaves of barley will cost the day's pay. It's famine, it's high inflation, okay? Um, I don't want to get crazy with today's headlines, folks, but you got to know food prices are going to go way, way, way up. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. Food prices are going to go up. The beets, um, I read in local articles here in Las Vegas, Nevada, the, the restaurants are, um, they're having a hard time because the meat, meat prices have, have skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. So some are saying we're going to continue serving our customers and we're going to take a loss hoping that it'll, it'll balance out because we don't, we don't want to lose business. Mm -hmm. Others are saying, we, we got to take it off the menu and replace it with tofu, you know. Brisket, heavy meat, they're, they're, barbecue places are really hit hard. Yeah. True story, I'm not, I'm not lying to you. So we're already seeing the rise in food prices. You're going to see that because our, our economy is shut down. Our production is shut down. Mm -hmm. That's, that's going to happen, all right? So, uh, but he, but he says, but he says, don't waste the olive oil and the wine. Now, why, why would the food be spared? You know, sparse. I mean, but, but these, these, uh, these, these non-essentials the, would not. These are like the luxuries of life rather than the necessities, and the oil and the wine were to be spared for the refreshment of the sufferers. And this kind of goes with uh, God's mercy. Yeah. So right here, you know, I'm drinking a big, big vat of. Uh, of wine. Mmm, that's delicious. Got it mixed in with some um, whiskey and uh, what else? Oil. <laughs> whiskey and oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Olive oil and whiskey. Uh, and you know, that sounds like a good country song. Someone should write that. All right, back to serious stuff. Verse 7. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being saying, Come. That's and I right. looked up and I saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. 
This is uh, th- this is really important. I've always read this in the King James, and it says, you know, and they, they, they were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, disease, and wild animals. And that always tripped me up because I'm thinking when in history was only a fourth, a quarter of the, of the planet, mm-hmm. the globe, or the flat earth, however you want to look at it, was killed by these four things. Mm-hmm. But then after studying it here, the fourth refers to he's the fourth horse. His part is the fourth part. Mm-hmm. How did I explain it yesterday, Ms. Capel? Well, basically, the, um, each horse has a job, and they uh, take a, four, a fourth. So each one is one quarter, one yeah, fourth. So that's for the whole of everything. Yeah. The whole would be four four. Mm-hmm. That would be the whole. Each horseman has a fourth job to do in that whole. It's not separate. It's the whole, but no. they have the fourth part. Right. You're not. You're part. not. You're not looking at the the earth and cutting up in fours. Yes, it's not a measurement like that. Yeah. Uh, the way I explained it yesterday to Miss Kapow is okay. I I play in a, or I used to play in a band. Um, drums and there was four of us and we had a a lead guitarist and we had another guitarist a bass player and myself drums so say that uh, the lead guitarist was number one he's one of the of the fourth that the four of us create the whole of a band called bottoms up he's number one number two the the second guitarist is the second part of that whole of four Mm -hmm. Danny is three. He's the third part of that whole. And me, Paul, I'm the fourth part. See, so each one has a job. Yeah. And each one is bringing it together as a whole. Yes. So I'm not just playing drums for a quarter of the audience. While, while Kim is playing lead guitar for a quarter of another part of the audience. We're all playing for the same audience. It's just that we all have our own parts. Right. Doesn't that make sense? So, so now that, that that scripture makes perfect sense now, whereas before, I can never place it in history because, well, it never happened in history like that. It's a fourth part. So the fourth living creature, who's a flying eagle. Yep. Introduces this seal, implying high soaring intelligence and judgment descending from on high, fatally on the ungodly, as the king of birds on his prey. And in, in the, the, the document that you showed, you have... This one being John, the Gospel of John, mm. which represents North, which is represented by the tribe of Dan, and it's an eagle, which is soaring majesty of divine word, contemplation of heavenly truth, head of birds and creatures of the Wolta. Mm-hmm. All right, so can you see now how these four living creatures represent the Gospels and what's happening in the Gospel New Testament and what's going to happen in relation to the spread of the Gospel. You know, in in Revelation, you know, where uh, the new heaven and the new earth come, you know, there's no sea. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered about that. And what was shown to me that I believe, um, when God takes our sin, you know, it says he takes it 
into the sea, mm-hmm. the bottomless sea or the, you know. Um, and so the sin, our sin is in the sea, the ocean. So that's why we don't have a sea or an ocean in the new heaven and earth. Because it is removed, mm-hmm. totally gone, totally the consummation of what Christ did is totally consummated. It's it's the marriage of the lamb and the bride. It's over. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, that's what I think. Uh, that's a good insight. Uh, just so I don't skip the notes here, this is the fourth part of the earth. Answering to the first four seals, his position is one of the four, being a fourth part. Make a sense? Make a sense. Each creature who thundered come after a seal was removed is one quarter for a total of four four. This one is the fourth part. It's completed. Right? One fourth of the earth. These two were given authority over one fourth of the earth. The other ones were given authority over a fourth. Mm-hmm. To kill with the sword, famine, disease, and wild animals. Here's where it gets interesting again on God's judgments. Right, Ms. Capel? That's right. Death, pestilence. Now we're going to read Ezekiel 14, 21. With the four judgments here, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and wild beasts. The famine is usually the consequence of the sword. You have war, you usually have, then you'll have famine. Pestilence, you'll have because of famine, lack of food, disease. And then the beasts, the beasts multiply because of depopulation. Right. And Ezekiel 14.21 reads, Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says, How terrible it will be when all four of these dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem. War, famine, wild animals, and disease, destroying all her people and animals. So this is a pattern God uses. He uses war. He uses famine. Here in Revelation, you'll have disease, and then you have wild animals. In Ezekiel, you have wild animals, and then you have disease. And the war represents the sword. The sword. You've got the sword. You've got the black horse here, famine, right? Mm -hmm. Don't harm the oil and the wine. You have pestilence, disease that follows. You have wild animals, uh, the sword and the wild animals. Sword and famine, right here, mm-hmm. and disease and wild animals, right? Correct. Goes back to Ezekiel 14. Yeah, even even now, like I said, I don't want to use the, the newspaper to, to go over this, but when this all this big lockdown happened and stuff, what Miss Kapow and I noticed everywhere on our walks was an abundance of roadrunners, desert mm-hmm. desert roadrunners. I have never seen them actually hunt lizards. They're they're absolutely incredible. Yeah. And from my window, I watched this roadrunner chase this poor little lizard up a tree. And I'm thinking, well, he'll never, you know, the roadrunner doesn't fly. He'll never get that lizard. And that, that roadrunner was so patient and so tenacious it literally was, I mean, it was like an incredible predator from something like Jurassic Park when you watched it. Yeah, it did. It looked it, like a little dinosaur. It did. <laughs> and it drove that lizard and it made him move. As soon as that lizard made a move and then got discovered, that thing ate it. 
and we'd go for walks and we'd see these roadrunners everywhere with lizards in their mouth. They were just, I've never seen so many of them. So it's just a little harmless, uh, you know, roadrunner. But I did read some articles where there was mountain lions, uh, coyotes, bears, other wild animals were coming out because humans weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like depopulated humans were coming. So I'm just saying uh, it could happen. Uh, fortunately, what we saw out here in the Nevada desert were just roadrunners. I didn't see the green Mojave uh, rattlesnakes. Thank God. And the Western diamondback rattlesnakes and all that stuff. Because that or, or, one scorpions. chases you. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. I'm, I'm much too old to deal with that. Uh, here I have a note, Miss Capow. Yep. Before we get into first nine. Yes. And this note says these these four seals are marked off from the uh, three last by the four living creatures introducing them with cum. The calamities indicated are not restricted to one time, but extend through the whole period of church history in the coming of Christ, before which last great and terrible day of the Lord, they shall reach the highest aggravation. And the first seal is the summary, Christ going forth conquering till all enemies are subdued unto him, with a view which the judgment subsequently specified accompany the preaching of the gospel Right witness to all nations. So you know, you notice in, in here, you, know, you have obviously you have the division of seven. God's perfect number is divided by four plus three, which is seven, which with, equals one. Yeah, beautiful. And um, so you you were done with the first four, and those were the the creatures that represented the gospels going out and the judgments subsequently to rejecting the gospels, right? Uh, and I like this, you know, that the calamities are not restricted to time. You can't go back in history and go, well, we just had wars here. We just had pestilence here. It's throughout the whole period of church history until this is all consummated, mm-hmm. which I firmly believe we're really right at that door. Right. It's a global pandemic. It's a global economic meltdown. Everything that's done has one, two, three, four, dozens, thousands of repercussions that are negative. Have you noticed that? Every fix has a bunch of negative repercussions to it. You can't win for losing in this thing. Mm-mm. That's because God's behind it. Mm-hmm. God's behind it. Yeah. Um, the churches are having a hard time. They can't meet. The ones that are are not doing well. It's Everything that's put in place is just falling. What's going to happen? Everything is shaking, folks. The only thing that's going to left standing are things of God, truly things of God. The eternal things. Eternal things. So if your religion or the people you're following or listening to, <clears throat> your doctrines are not biblically sound, they are going to crumble mm-hmm. and be blown away like shaft. That's why the, it's, the time is now. Mm-hmm. Because when the playwright steps back onto the stage, the curtain closes and it's over. And remember, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will live forever. Amen. Another thing I want to point out here is all this is going to extend through the period of history to the coming of Christ before that last great and terrible day of the Lord. That's the day of the Lord, the day of God. 
and it shall reach highest aggravation. In other words, it increases. What you don't see here is a seven-year tribulation. What you don't see here is one antichrist setting up rule in a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem somewhere. What you don't see is, you know, God doing one thing for, for the church, stopping the clock and doing another thing for Israel. You don't see any of that in the words of Christ in the book of Revelation, folks. Mm -hmm. That stuff that I just mentioned to you are speculations put together by ignorant men. Mm -hmm. It really is. The Left Behind series, Great Lake, Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, all that stuff, it's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's not biblically correct. And that's why so many people get so confused at Bible prophecy that they won't even, they won't even Attempt. mess with it anymore. Yeah. You know. Um, Plus then they're looking for other things. They're looking for the third temple to be rebuilt. You know, and, uh, and they're, they're counting. They're counting uh, Joe, you know, Biden's name, and see if they can get six 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 out of it. And they're like I said, you're you're they're running around looking at everything but the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so then they form little groups. So I'm pre-trib, I'm mid-trib, I'm post-trib. Don't worry about the trip, folks. If you're a Bible-believing Christian and you got saved, your whole life is tribulation. You're, you're, you are not of this world. You're another citizen. Everything down here is tribulation. This is the great tribulation. From the day you're born to the day you die or the day you're raptured is a great tribulation. And if it's not, you're not truly saved. If your life is easy and it's always been easy, you don't know the hand of God because that's how he builds character in you, mm -hmm. through suffering, not through being high on the mountains. Ms. Kapow and I were talking about this this morning. The, when you, the stuff you learn, the real stuff you need, happens in the darkness, in the dark hours. It doesn't happen on the hilltop. It happens in the valleys. I know it sounds poetic, but that's true. Mm -hmm. All right? Yeah, that's why suffering is so important. Very much. Because it um, produces patient endurance. Patience, endurance. It's, it is about building character. It's about you and I becoming Christ-like. That's all it's about. And that's the fruit. You know, that's what God said, you know, that you'll be building or producing fruit that gives glory to God the Father. Amen. When the lamb broke the fifth seal, Ms. Kapow, Jesus. what happened? I saw under the altar the souls, <clears throat> excuse me, of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. Read all the way to the end of 11. They so shouted to the Lord and said, Oh, sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus, who were to be martyred, had joined them. So you see there's no living creature here on the uh, fifth seal, so we're changing to three. And you see something different here. You see these martyrs, and they're not martyrs through one period of time, but they're Christ martyrs throughout, throughout church time. history. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we could be part of that number. <laughs> it says, you know, you got to wait until the number of who's going to be killed for my name is reached, mm -hmm. right? You don't know if that's 
hey, that's me, or you, you don't know that. Um, and you shouldn't care <laughs> because uh, of, of the glory that awaits you. Yeah, and you have the Holy Spirit, and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, and he will give you the power to overcome these things. That's right. So the last three seals, Ms. Kapow, relate to the invisible. As the first four to the visible world, and this fifth to the martyrs who have died as believers, and the sixth to those who have died or shall be found at Christ's coming, unbelievers, namely the kings, great men, bondmen, freemen, and the seventh to the silence in heaven, the scene changes from earth to heaven, so that interpretations which make these three last consecutive to the first four seals are very doubtful. So what that means is the last three seals here are taking place in heaven. Mm-hmm. They're spiritual so things. So things are happening simultaneously. Amen. Thank you. So the problem you have is when you're looking at the seals and you go, uh, pestilence, sword, that must be Obama. The white horse must be Obama. He's going out in the convert, you know. Or oh, that's Trump. He's the white guy. He's on a horse, man, with the orange hair and flaming sword. And then I got pestilence, that's COVID. And I got death, and that's COVID. And, and you do that, and then you go, well, now what happens with all the martyrs? You know, that must be the Great Tribulation, and the Antichrist is going to kill everybody who didn't take the the, 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 the mark. And You know, right? you start making stuff up mm-hmm. and that's not what it is this is all happening simultaneously these martyrs who are in heaven are already there or they're already there and there's more to come right. until the end there is a set number there is a set number already out there so um it's very doubtful to look at that consecutive if everything's going on it's like the fourth part it's like the band everybody's playing their different parts for one set of music for for an audience mm-hmm. right I like this. How long before you judge who? The people who belong to this world. Mm-hmm. There's a separation here. That's why uh, the church cannot be mixed with the doctrines of Jezebel or those who teach the doctrines of Balaam, Balaam. Uh, that teach sexual immorality, spiritual immorality, hoarding for other gods and eating things sacrificed to idols. In other words, being worldly. And, you know, also Korah, remember? Um, I forget what epistle that was from. But, um, yeah, and I can't remember the story of Korah. They just... The, for, with Moses, the ones that opposed yeah. Moses? Moses there? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the earth opened up and swallowed him up? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So these passages need not be restricted to some particular martyrdoms. Oh, that's what I had already just said. Um... And they're receiving and shall receive partial fulfillments until their last exhaustive fulfillment before Christ's coming. Mm-hmm. So to the other events foretold here, the glory even of those in paradise will only be complete when Christ and the church's foes are cast out and the earth will become Christ's kingdom and is coming to raise the sleeping saints. That's when the live, ra- the, that's when the live resurrection happens, called the rapture and the resurrection or you die first mm-hmm. only ways out right yep as long as you're in Christ yeah yeah um, a white robe yes a, a white, white robe. robe was given to each of them 
and the Jews used to array priests when approved of in white robes. Thus the sense is they are admitted among the blessed ones who as spotless priests minister unto God and the Lamb. So they basically, what I get out of that is you're good to go. We're just waiting for the number to be fulfilled. But you are ministering to the Lamb and to the God. You are a heavenly citizen. You're blameless. You're, you're blameless. Yeah, um, you blemished. You spotless, made it. Yes. Without wrinkle. Amen. Amen. Let's get to the sixth seal, Miss Kapow. All right. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. And the sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Ooh. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? I like that, the great day of their wrath, mm -hmm. both the Lamb and the Father. You Wonderful. know, that reminds me of that song that we used to play in the days of Noah. Oh, yes. You know? Yes. I mean, she did a great job with that song. She and did. Just... They'll be weeping and gnashing, and in the days of Noah, and they'll, they'll say, uh, but it's never rained before, but it's never rained before. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. TikTok, and she started off with this like TikTok clock thing. Mm -hmm. TikTok, TikTok. I'll have to look that up and play that again. Yeah, that was, because uh, that's that's a great song. It was bone chilling the first time yeah. I heard it. It was. It was yeah. <laughs> I watched the land before the sixth seal. Here we go. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Now the sixth seal, as Revelation six four through and six eight, the sword, famine, and pestilence answers to Matthew. 24, 6, and 7, which is, and this is really very interesting. It is. Um, it gets heavy, folks. Yeah, I'm just going to read these notes. Yes. And then we can go okay. through them later, perhaps. Okay. And then Revelation 6, 9, and 10, as to the martyrdoms, answers to Matthew 24, 9 through 10. So this passage, Revelation 6, 12, and 17, answers to Matthew 24, 29 and 30, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming. Imagery describing the portents of the immediate coming of the day of the Lord, but not the coming itself until the elect are sealed, and the judgments invoked by the martyrs descend on the earth, the sea, and the trees, as it says in uh, Revelation 7, 1 through 3. And God's people will be preserved. We don't have to read all of that because that's that's next week's lesson. Yeah. I put I put it down in there just to see it, but these are where the four angels are holding back the judgment, and then all the servants are sealed, and you have the twelve tribes of Israel sealed. But, but you, then, oh, go ahead. But then after that, you have um, all these angels standing around, and the elders, four living creatures, and you have. Um, a great vast crowd mm -hmm. from every nation, tribe, and people. Those are Gentiles standing in front of the throne before the Lamb, and they're and they're wearing white robes and palm branches. And they say, "Who are they?" And those are the ones who have 
uh, survive the great tribulation that's down here in life, mm-hmm. okay? Now, what I think is interesting too, um, the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus Christ gave to John the Baptist, it wasn't so much... John the Evangelist. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, it wasn't so much um, a new thing mm-hmm. because God, God's word, everything that uh, John saw can be referenced back to the word of God. Amen. It Just, can. Yeah, you know, and um, and I think about that, even like with Paul, the apostle Paul, you think, gosh, why, why did he get such big revelation and stuff? But the revelation he got was through reading the scrolls and uh, the, you know the the um, the books of the Pentateuch and the the prophets and the Psalms, and God's Holy Spirit was enlightening him, so he saw that the the um, the gospel was for the Gentiles as well. Because you know, remember in Exodus. Um, when the uh, Hebrew children were taken out of Egypt, a lot of the Egyptians who is believed God yeah. and followed with the Hebrew children. Yeah, they went with them, yes. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's always been that way where the, the Gentiles were following uh, the, the Israelites. There were God-fearers, mm-hmm. like Cornelius. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Peter witness too. Absolutely. But those, but that revelation came to Paul not just out of the blue sky. No. It always, you can always find that within the scripture, within the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, Paul wasn't reading his own epistles to get his doctrine. He was he got his doctrine from the Old Testament, doctrines of grace and salvation and. Things like that, yeah, right? They, they all saw that. Yeah, they, they all saw, saw that. that in the Word of God. Of God. You know, because I used to think, um, you know, that Paul is like, gosh, you know, he's getting all this. And I think that's why a lot of people think that way. And so they think, oh, I heard from God this new revelation. Yeah. And they get these new concepts. But it doesn't, it's not backed up by the Word. But it always has to back up. The Word always has to back up what you're saying about God mm-hmm. and what's happening and what's going on and blah, blah, blah. It's always backed up by the word. Even Revelation. Yeah. This when we were studying this, this was like amazing to me because you you can go and look at it in the book of Matthew, and it corresponds. What Jesus said and Ezekiel and yeah, Zephaniah. So it's, and it's n- there's nothing, nothing new, new. under the sun. You just have to understand, you know, understand the words words of God as as they've been revealed to the prophets and. Mm-hmm. To the Torah. And that's only through the Holy Spirit um, because He is the author of the Bible. And you, you had mentioned, um, you know, people getting this outside revelation and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, you know, like Paul did. He got rid of, he did. And, and it reminds me of that book by Sarah Young, Jesus Calling. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you and I years ago discovered that she got that information through automatic writing, just like she got it from the original book called God Calling. Those women got it from automatic writing. It got downloaded to them. That's not biblical. That's called witchcraft. That's sorcery, folks. Mm -hmm. But too many, too many Christian women in church read that book as a devotional. Yeah. That that is what Jesus said. You suffer that Jezebelian switch-hitting whore to lead my people into idolatry, sexual immorality, and eat food offered to idols. 
Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who has revelation, anybody who sees something in the Word of God, if we're teaching you something to go, look at this, it opens up, you should be able to go back to the Word of God and go, that makes sense. I see where Jesus said that. That makes sense. I see where that's written in Ezekiel, and it flows with that, the spirit of it. It really does. If we're sitting here telling you, we got new revelation, uh, we're reading the book of Revelation, and we found out that little green bugs are going to come and actually rapture us to a seventh heaven and give us... Drones. drones and give us cheese. Um, yeah, you might want to question that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's amazing. I know I just offended a bunch of people with that Jesus Calling book. Um, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to tell you the truth. And I'm going to tell you the truth because your blood, dear sister, is not going to be on my hands. And brother. And bro- Well, yeah, there might be some men reading that crap, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus Calling is a, is a doctrine of demons. It has been edited numerous times when found to conflict with the scripture. Look it up, folks. Sarah Young got, gets this information downloaded to her. Why in the world would you be doing a, a devotion, a daily devotion, using anybody else's book in the first place? What's wrong with you? you got the word of God. The stage is set and when the playwright comes in and the curtain closes, you're going to know what side you chose. Don't make my words ring in your ear for eternity where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I warn you. I warn you in love. Amen. You listen to me. The time is, is, you can't be screwed around right now. You never should be, but now it's closing. It's getting bad, Miss Capel. Okay, so stern. we're getting, I'm getting stirred because it's the truth. You know, and I can go on with a bunch of men's books too, if you want. You know, Crazy Love by uh, Jackie Chan, <laughs> Francis Chan, Jackie Chan. So, come on, man! I left a men's Bible study recently because they were using that book. I can go on and on. Uh, anyway, that's not what this is about. Uh, so, what you're going to see here is a relation to what Jesus said in Matthew and his predictions to what's happening here in Revelation. Let me tell you something. Many of these things are historical in AD 70. These, many of these things happened in AD 70, okay? Many things were fulfilled, but not completely fulfilled. Biblical prophecy is not linear. It doesn't go this way, it happens, and then it's new prophecy. You'll see that over and over. What happened in the fall of Babylon in 586 BC looks very similar to what happened in the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. In fact, Jesus says, when he's talking to his disciples, when you see the desolation of abomination spoken of by the prophet Daniel, and then Matthew puts in parentheses, he who has half a brain understand. Then he says, run. Right? Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is go back to history and go, what was the abomination that caused such desolation back then? Well, it was uh, Antichiochus, or T- Antichius, however you want to say it, the fourth. He was the madman. He was crazy. He thought he was God, and he sacrificed a pig on, on the altar of Yahweh in the temple. And he surrounded it by armies and destroyed it in 170, I think 170, I forget now my, my dates, 170 something Five. BC, I forget, yeah. 
So, so Jesus is referring back. He's saying, like that happened, when you see that happen, and it happened 40 years from the time he said that on the Olivet Discourse, get the heck out of there. If you're in Judea, get out. Go to the mountains, okay? So a lot of this is fulfilled, but it's not in its completion until Jesus comes. A lot of what's going to happen in the last day and what's happening now is going to look like 8070. It's going to look like Babylon. It's also going to look like the days of Noah and the days of Lot and Sodom. Jesus himself said, in the last days will be just like the days of Noah. They're going to be doing this and doing that and doing that and doing that, and they won't even know what happened when the door closed. Mm -hmm. Or like Sodom, once, once uh, Lot was removed, then judgment came down. That's right. Biblical prophecy is circular. It's not linear. Our Western mind thinks linear. Biblical prophecy is not like that. Yeah, and you think of Noah, the moment that uh, he and his family and the animals were in the, uh, the ark, God shut the door, and then the rain came down. Then the rain came down after, after he was safe and removed. Mm -hmm. Even Peter says that water is a symbol of that salvation. Mm -hmm. of, that, of that salvation. Lot was the same way. Take Lot out of Sodom, then it rained down. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, in the last days, before I come, before the wrath of God, the day of the Lord, will look like the days of Noah. So it's it's circular. So though you'll, you can read Matthew 24, you can read these things, you can see it happening in AD 70, and it did. Just read the historian uh, Josephus, and you'll see that famines happen. Wars and rumors of wars happen. The disciples were, in fact, persecuted and, and brought before governors and judges. They were thrown in prison. They were killed. They were martyred. But that's not the end of the story. Mm -mm. Because it goes on and on and on until the consummation of the age. And we're right there, folks, because you look around and we got a global thing going on. Yep. All right? Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense to all you preterists out there. <laughs> all you full preterists. Uh, and partial preterists, yeah, some of this stuff is partially fulfilled. That's great. But it doesn't mean it's all fulfilled and it won't happen again. And I'll tell you what didn't happen in 8070, the moon going dark and the sun and the black, and that didn't happen, okay? Um, so let's, uh, we looked at the sixth seal, and uh, where was I, da-da-da-da? Uh, was I here? Sixth seal. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it answers to this. Great earthquake. Yep, the great earthquake, shaking of the heaven, and the heavens and the sea and the dry land and the shaking of these mutable things being the necessary preliminary to the setting up of those things which cannot be shaken. Remember I said that? Everything not of God will be removed. That's right. This is one of the catch words connecting the sixth seal with the sixth trumpet in Revelation 11:13, and the seventh vial, uh, Revelation 16, 17 through 21, also the seventh seal in Revelation 8, 5. We're not going to read all that stuff because of time, but... These, this earthquake motif is found other places in the book of Revelation. Exactly. And then the sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. And Joel 2, 31 says oh, yeah. the sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. Now, see, it's like R.C. Uh, Sproul says there's cosmological per. 
perturbations. Perturbations. I can't even say it. <laughs> Cosmological perturbations. There you go. That's the sun becoming dark. The moon will turn blood red. Now, I, I, I don't see this as um, uh, allegory. I see this as real. Oh, yeah. This is uh, literal. Literal. En Enoch himself, if you look at the second uh, vision of Enoch, of the, of the destruction of the world, the first one's about the flood, Noah flood. The second one's about the end of the world. And you'll see cosmological perturbations in the book of Enoch. The sky, the sky literally falls. Okay. Um, and then you'll see here that the sun comes dark, turns the blood red. When does that happen? Before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. So those on earth are going to see this, and yet the real heavy stuff hasn't happened. Because when he arrives, curtain, curtain closed. It's over. All right? Then the stars fall from the earth like little green figs. And the sky is like literally rolled up like a scroll, just rolled up. Mountains and islands are moving. It's over. He takes his finger and he flips the uh, edge of the flat earth and it's over. Or if you believe in a round earth, he takes his finger and he flicks that little ball <laughs> and it goes spinning around. Mm -hmm. And the face of the one is, uh, um, let's look at... Um Psalm 34, 16. Oh, yeah. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. And Hosea 10, 8 says, And the pagan shrines of Avon, this place of Israel's sin, will crumble. Thorns and thistles will grow up around their altars. They will beg the mountains, bury us and plead us with the hills, fall on us. And Luke 23, 30 says, People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. You see what I mean? Yeah. Everything you can find in Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus didn't just, you know, make that up. He's quoting Hosea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Psalms. It's Psalms. For the great day of their wrath has come. This, this takes some time. But we're going to kind of go over it kind of quickly, hopefully. And maybe you can do this on your own, folks. Um, this is uh, very, very... This is really interesting. ...good tie-in. Um, let's look at the word wrath. Literally, literally, the day, the great day, which uh, can only mean the last great day. Yeah. That's hard to imagine that there's just... There is an end. Yeah. <laughs> there's... The curtain there closes. won't be any more days because oh. there won't be any more time. Mm -mm. So anyways, after the Lord has exhausted all his ordinary judgments, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the wild beasts, and still sinners are impenitent, the great day of the Lord itself shall come. You catch that? The, these four horsemen of judgment is stuff that's been going on throughout church history, and still sinners are impenitent. Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is happening. Global economic collapse is happening. People are losing everything, and sinners are still impenitent. Which means unrepentant. Unrepentant. I mean, yeah, unrepentant. Okay, Matthew 24, 6 through 29 plainly forms a perfect parallelism to the six seals, not only in the events, but also in the order of their occurrence. I think that's just so cool. It is amazing. So write this stuff down, people. Yeah. Matthew 24, 3 is the first seal. That says... Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately. He said, tell us when will these things happen? That's the destruction of Jerusalem. Remember that? Mm -hmm. No stone will be left on another. Mm -hmm. 
and the King James says, and what sign will you signal your return and the end of the age? That's right. And then the second seal says, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So that second seal, if you remember, was the red horse, the first seal. Matthew 3 says, they're, they're asking him, what's the, what's the end, right? If you keep reading that, he'll say that the gospel has to be preached throughout all the world. Mm -hmm. The second seal is the red horse, and that is the sword. Wars. All kinds of wars, right? Right. And the third seal is uh, equivalent to Matthew 24, 7, which says, For the nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Ah, boy. Matthew 24, 7, the end. This is the fourth this is seal. the fourth seal. And let's see. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all the nations for my name's sake. Oh, that, yeah, the fifth seal, that the uh, martyrs, mm -hmm. that what you just read. The persecutions abounding in uh, iniquity under which as well as consequent judgments accompanied with gospel preaching to all nations as a witness were particularly detailed. That's the one Ms. Kapow just read. Yep. You'll and be arrested, persecuted, and killed. And that actually happened to the the early church. That happened in uh, 70 AD in the first century. They were martyred. Mm -hmm. That's why Jesus told them, don't worry about what you're gonna say because right. the Holy Spirit will give you those words. That's right. right. But it'd be a, a violence to the text and it would be violence to our own faith to, the, to think, well, that happened to them Oh, that's all ceased. Like some people believe the gifts of the Spirit have, have ceased. I feel sorry for those people. Can you imagine that? You don't believe in the Holy Spirit gifts today? That's a shame. How empty can you be? Um, they're called cessationists. They're all over the place. There's a pastor here in town that's a cessationist. Um, it, it, would, it would do violence to the text to think, well, these, 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 these uh, martyrs were done in AD 70, and that's over. Um, yeah, there's a few Christian martyrs, but I wouldn't be part of it. No, 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 no. We just read. We just read. Where the souls under the altar, Jesus says, here's a white robe. Just be patient until all the rest of the ones that are appointed, brothers and sisters, to die for my name, come up here. That's right. That's right. And if you're worried about that, you need to recheck your biblical <laughs> your biblical belief because death shouldn't be something you're worried about. Mm-mm. The sixth seal, Matthew 24, 9 through 29, uh, actually. Yeah, we're not going to read. Yeah. You don't want me to do 29? Oh, yeah, you can do 29 and 30 for the sixth seal. Okay. So, <coughs> then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of that's, all nations. Excuse me, Ms. Kapow, that's nine. You want to read Matthew 29 and 30. Oh. Because that's the sixth seal. That's the sixth seal. That's where the sun goes dark, okay. great earthquakes. Because my blood note says 9 through 28. So, okay. So, you want me to read 29 and 30? 
Yeah, because we don't have time to read 9 through 28. Okay. So the six seal just As long goes, as I'm seeing things right, okay. Yes, yes you are. So 29. Immediately yes. after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. <coughs> and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from, the, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn a parable. Oh, this says 32. Yeah, that's, that's, it. that's good. But you can see here what, what I want to show you here. That goes right with what we read in, in Revelation about the sun going dark, the moon, the stars falling. That's what Jesus predicted in Matthew 24, 29, and 30. Mm -hmm. Right? Stars falling from the sky. All of that. All of that. Because he says, immediately after the anguish of those days. What days is he talking about? He was talking about the anguish of the close of the Jewish age. A.D. 70 was the close of the Jewish age. Then brought on the age of the Gentiles. Not the age of the church. The age of the Gentiles, which trampled Jerusalem until the age of the Gentiles is ended. That's in Luke. Okay? Immediately after those days. In other words, the next event to happen, the next big event, the sun will be darkened. The moon's going to give no light. The stars will fall from the sky. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Right? And then when they see that, then they're at last the sign that the Son of Man is coming. The Son of Man hasn't come yet. Mm -hmm. They're just going to see the sign that he's coming. It's going to appear in the heavens. Then they're going to mourn. Then all these rich guys and all their wealth are going to go underground and beg for the rocks to fall on them. Right? If you're still alive and you haven't died yet, you're going to see this. You're going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds ahead of great glory. He comes before the day of God. He comes before the final consummation. It's all part of that. Right. And then verse 31, he sends out his angels and he gathers. And we'll see that next week in chapter 7, right here, when the angels stand before corners and they preserve. And then we see here that they're gathered out. Vast crowd of every nation, people and language standing in front of the throne of God. You see how it all just works together. Mm -hmm. It's crazy, Jerry. Crazy. Crazy cool. <laughs> crazy coolness. Man, that was a good, that was well, a good lesson. Everyone enjoyed it as much as we did. Yeah. It's... Revela I mean, I, Revelation, I'm like everyone else. It's like one of those things you, you, man, you hate to tackle because it's like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But you know, it seems like, and I know we, you and I have talked about this before, um, as we get closer to the end, yeah. more of the Revelation, the book of Revelation will be revealed. Yeah. You're right. Those things that we see, uh, like Paul described, darkly in a glass, darkly, mm -hmm. start becoming a little clearer. Not because we're smart or anything, but, but this the, is the time yes. for it to be revealed, and it, I really believe that. And that goes a lot with what you're saying about Paul um, seeing things in the Old Testament that said, "This is the gospel of God mm -hmm. from from 
from the very beginning of what should happen. It was his, it was his gifting. It was God's timing. It was the Holy Spirit. He had a special work for Paul and he revealed this stuff to him. Through the scripture through that the he was going to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Yes, that was not revealed to everybody else, but to Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Peter saw it obviously with, with the uh, with Cornelius and the conversion of those Gentiles, mm-hmm. but as far as, as being an apostle to the Gentiles, you know Paul had that special anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why he was in that. prison and he was able to to share the gospel with the prisoners, with the guards. You know, mm-hmm. oh, beautiful thing, mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Well, Ms. Cabal, you have anything else? I don't think so. I think we went. I think we went on an hour and a half. No kidding. It's one of the biggest shows. One yeah, of our biggest and shows. It's such a short uh, chapter. Yeah, but there's a lot of meat here. A lot, a lot of meat and potatoes. Get the meat hook out uh, and <laughs> eat that brisket. There's not a shortage of God's brisket. There's only a shortage of meat pie. Meat pie. All right. Well, give them a chow, and um, Lord willing, we'll see you next week. Ciao, babies. Good night.